Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Before the Downbeat, a musical podcast. I am your host, Mackenzie, and I'm joined, as per the usual, by the Canadian B. Arthur, the director extraordinaire, the John Adams of theater, Autumn Smith. Yay! Hello, hello. Hello, everybody. Yes. Yeah. Happy New Year, everyone. This is our Happy first episode 2021. of 2021. Yeah, 2021. Yeah. Hard to believe <laughs> we're in another year. <laughs> it's so easy to believe, Mackenzie. Come on. You and I both. Well, yes, and yes. this, I hope this musical is not an indication of how 2021 will be. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. But Autumn, speaking of our musical today, what is the musical we are doing? Well, today we have decided to prepare thee the way of the Lord and <laughs> do Godspell. Ba, ba, ba. Pray. There you go. Prepare <coughs> the way of the Lord. That's right. That's We're one. talking about the Schwartz and Tabalak musical, God's Tabalak. Tomato, tomato. I don't know. I don't Either know. way, we're doing this piece of, of music. Yeah. Um, yeah, this wasn't my choice. This was an autumn choice. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. Question mark, question mark, question mark. You see, the... Mackenzie puts a lot of thought into the musicals he would like to discuss. And then he says, I've chosen all of these great musicals. Autumn, what do you want to bring to the table? I'm like, uh, which ones hasn't Mackenzie mentioned yet? Oh, I know. Godspell. And we haven't talked about Schwartzy at all yet. So uh, Stephen Schwartz. Yeah. So I thought, you know, he's a pretty prolific human being. He's done some Disney, done some Broadway, like probably he did that Wicked show, which um, we'll we'll talk about. Uh, Yeah, Pocahontas. Uh, Yeah, yeah. so so uh, he's he's got some he's got some stuff. Pippin. Pippin is the one that people keep coming back to. It's one of those ones I have to listen to more to get into. There's a Broadway HD recording of it with Cheetah Rivera in it. So amazing. Amazing. And also Ben Vereen. So I don't have magic to do just yes. for you. Yes. For some reason, we didn't start with that one. Instead, we started with God's this God. this knockoff Jesus Christ Superstar. It's kind of a knockoff between Jesus Christ Superstar and hair. Yes. But doesn't live up to either of them. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're going to get into this. Yes. But. Um, we'll just skip the the part of why I chose this. Well, I chose it basically because um, all the other musicals were stolen. <laughs> so, it's true. It's true. So there you go. 
Yes, Autumn and I planned out our eight seasons for the content I got since I was making the seasons. I got first stabs at where musicals got them. to be, and then Autumn had to place hers in throughout mine. So I had to search for ones that we should talk about. <laughs> yeah, Autumn had a little more of the challenge on uh, her end. Uh, and, so yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's how yeah. we ended up with Godspell. That's it wasn't right. a, it wasn't an enthusiastic choice by Autumn. It was a, no. I need something in here. It was, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is correct. That is correct. Yes, but Autumn, why don't you tell us what is Godspell about? For people who don't know what this Schwartz musical is. What is, is this about? I, it's I'm not question. sure I know what it's about. But according to sources, it's um, based on the Gospel of Matthew. Mm-hmm. So it's um, Jesus in New York City. How mm-hmm. hip is that? Because um, if any city needs Jesus, it's going to be New York. Am I right? <laughs> I, if you could see my face right now. Um, anyway. Uh, it opens with God basically declaring his supremacy, saying, mm-hmm. my name is known God and King. I am most in majesty <laughs> in whom no beginning may be and no end. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd be out of the theater at that point. I'd be like, oh, God, literally. Um <laughs> So um, John the Baptist plays a pretty significant part. Uh, he mm-hmm. plays the shofar, which is um, a traditional um, Jewish Hebrew instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he beckons everyone to prepare the the way of the Lord. Yes, and yes. listen, Schwartz doesn't know how to stop a number. Every number, it's the same lyrics. Pretty much. And it goes on and for literally five minutes. I fast forwarded Prepare Thee the Way of the Lord, which was literally 10 minutes. Oh, how many preparations do you need to make? You're either prepared or you're not. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, the God. disciples get called. What? How many? So, Disciples and friends, disciples, we're all disciples in this musical montage. And then we become clowns. If a waitress, it's an actor with a wig on, takes off the wig to put clown wig on. Um, so, yes, it is a, and it's not even, it's not good clowns. Let's good clown like Buffon work is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. It dives deep into the inner psyche and reveals a, a lot of uh, amazement, amazingness, ness, ness. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, when I was watching it. This is the summation. Sarah came in and said, "Is this? A, are you watching a TVO Kids special?" And I went, "No, I'm watching." Victor Garber, whom I adore, Godspell. He, uh, it was so it was so awkward. Yes. So 
Yes, it, it goes through several parables, um, a Pharisee and the publican, the parable of the unforgiving servant, the um, good Samaritan, Lazarus, bringing, mm-hmm. you know, head back to life. Bah, bah, bah. Um, good uh, Samaritan man, shows up. How a man can serve two masters. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's the parable of the sower of the seeds. The yes. Prod- a parable of the prodigal son. Which um, always bugged me. I never liked the prodigal son gospel. That just bugged the crap out of me. Whatever. And then we go into um, the last days. Basically, Jesus Christ Superstar, a different version. <laughs> so the redux of, of J- JCS is in part two, act two. Mm-hmm. Other, in theater, it's called an act autumn. Get your yeah. act together. Um, mm-hmm. So we have, you know, the Last Supper in a parking lot junkyard where they have this really weird. It's look at it's Jesus Christ Superstar on a lot of acid. <laughs> <laughs> it's very 70s. It is it is when theater was finding a new way of being in the world without mm-hmm. much relevance mm-hmm. or answering the question why why are we doing this mm-hmm. what is the story we want to tell who are we telling it to and why in this moment is it important mm-hmm. So uh, it ends with Jesus hanging on a chain link fence. Very West Side story of them. How cool is that? (laughs) And um, then for a really long time, they carry Jesus's dead body through the streets of New York. I believe singing another 10 minute long version of prepare ye (laughs) the way of the Lord. And so I I chose this out of duress. I watched it under more duress. I love Victor Garber, and I don't know what was happening. And John was very traumatized, like blinking out and blinking in. I'm like, what is that? This? Was so 70s. That whole yeah. That was such a 70s thing. It was, was like, it was a it was a combination of JCS, hair, West Side story, all done without any in real intention or um specificity. Mm-hmm. Oh, in clown. Yeah. Mm. Mm. All my mm. favorite things. <laughs> all my favorite things. Yeah. It's yeah. done by multitudes and multitudes of high schools back in the 80s and, oh, and why? theater, community theater, youth groups loved it. I was in it. I dressed as a hippie. Who doesn't want to You did Godspell? I did parts of it. I did snippets. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's why you chose it was because you're like, I know this musical. I know lots of musicals. It's this true. was not on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> I would rather talk about rags. Which we will be talking about. Either way, so Autumn, why don't you give us some uh, creator bios? Give us the rundown on, 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 on the production team. Okay, I, I have two people. 
Oh, goody. This this started in a university setting. Way to go. Be brave. Take rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, have people see your work. Don't take your work out of that context if it is not ready. Stephen Schwartz. I'm looking at you. Um, Stephen Lawrence Schwartz, born March 6, 1948. He is... It, Quite prolific American mm-hmm. musical theater lyricist and mm-hmm. composer, mm-hmm. Uh, writing such greatness as Godspell, yeah, Pippin, mm-hmm. and so it, it's so interesting. He has like these huge chunks of time where he is not around, which is <laughs> fascinating. Um, or his work wasn't as successful because he goes from Godspell and Pippin in seventy one, seventy two. Mm-hmm. And then he writes for Disney, Pocahontas in 95. That's a that's yeah. a 20 year. Mm-hmm. Where was Stephen Schwartz, everybody? Uh, well, he did The Baker's Wife with Patti LuPone and Topol. Not like he, successful. Uh, wrote, no, not successful there. Uh, what else he did he working. Like his... But OK, so he in 2003, of course, he is famed for writing the musical where the wicked witch doesn't die. Wicked. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. Yeah, Don't we have that as another episode. Here. Don't worry. Don't get me started. He contributed lyrics to a number of successful films. He did not write them musically. He did mm-hmm. not compose them, but he did contribute to Pocahontas, Hunchbacks of Notre Dame, The Prince of Egypt. He did music and lyrics for that. Yeah. And Which is one of his best scores. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's a it's a good one. Yeah. Um he uh has won Drama Desk Awards, uh mm-hmm. Grammy Awards, Academy Awards, and has been nominated for Tony Awards, but he's not won one, I don't think. No, just scrolling through his oh wait, no. did he no, no uh no, he did not win for Wicked. No. What won that year? Uh, the, that year, uh, it was, hold on, I can tell you, 2004, it was Avenue Q. That's the one that kept beating Wicked that entire, that entire show. It won Best Musical. Avenue Q is very smart, so. It it is a very smart piece. We're going to talk about Avenue Q, don't worry. Yes. That's another one on our hit list. The internet. That I chose. One thing. Yes, let's do it. I love anything Mm -hmm. with puppets. I'm a big fan of the puppets. Anyway, he doesn't look like a puppet. Anyway, so um, Schwartz was born into a Jewish family in New York. Um, he grew up in Williston Park, uh, in the area of Nassau County in New York, uh, where he graduated from Mineola High School in '64. He attended Carnegie Mellon, and this is where he composed and directed an early version of Pippin, entitled Pippin Pippin. That's fun. Um, uh, with the student-run theater group, Scotch and Soda. Uh, he graduated from Carnegie Mellon in 68. Uh, then he went to New York City and he produced for RCA Records, but then began working in Broadway theater. Uh, he was asked to musically direct a rock opera, The Survival of St. Joan. Uh, and he was credited as a producer of the double album, of Smoke Rise on Paramount Records. 
His first major credit was the title song of the play, Butterflies Are Free. Uh, in 1971, he wrote the lyrics for Godspell, for which he won several awards, including two Grammys. You see, 71 was also free to be you and me. This is so, this era is dictated by jaunty tunes, peace, love, and grooviness, and a hell of a lot of drugs, as you can hear in Prepare the, the Way of Lord. Um, he, um, wrote English language text in collaboration with Leonard Bernstein for Mm. Bernstein's Mass, uh, which was at the Kennedy Center, um, in Washington in 72. And then he opened Pippin, which was, and to this day, very popular. Mm -hmm. Um, he wrote, after Pippin, he wrote lyrics and music for the magic show, um, just it ran under 2000 performances. 74, he wrote uh, The Baker's Wife, and um, it closed before reaching Broadway. Yeah, with Patty LuPone starring as Genevieve the Baker's Wife, yeah. singing Meadowlark. That is the one good thing that came out of that entire musical was Meadowlark. The best, and Liz Calloway. Mm, yes. I don't want to hear anyone else thing it other than Liz Calloway. Yeah, that was the one good thing that came out of the entire yeah. musical ordeal. If you want to hear about what happened, just read Patty Lapone's memoir and she talks all about the disastrous road show that was The Baker's Wife. Uh-huh. Uh anyway, there was a it was remounted by Trevor Nunn in 1990 mm-hmm. and again at the Paper Mill Playhouse in Jersey in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, 78, he wrote the musical version of Stud Turkle's Working, uh, which he adapted and directed, winning him a drama desk, um, cool. as best director of all things. Mm. Um, and he contributed four songs to that. Uh, he, um, was part of PBS American Playhouse series. He wrote a children's book called The Perfect Peach. In the 80s, he wrote songs for a one-act musical for children, The Trip, and it was later revived as Captain Louie. He then, I thought so. I thought he was involved in this. I, I knew he was. He then wrote for three, uh, for three, three songs for the Off-Broadway Review Personal, and I knew I wasn't crazy. He wrote the lyrics to Charles Strauss's music for the musical Rex. So I'm going to say that's my favorite of Mm -hmm. his. Mm -hmm. Uh, He then went on to do Children of Eden. uh, And then he started working with Mencken, Pocahontas, Hunchback, uh, Prince of Egypt. um, And he won the Academy Award for the song When You Believe. Yeah, so he he's done a lot of work with Disney, um, and then he went on to write the wonderful Wicked, <laughs> which we will not talk about right now. No, recently, two thousand seven. That's not so recently. Uh, he wrote Enchanted. Um, he in two thousand eight 
Um, he, uh, hold on, had reached out to Tim Dang, who was the longtime artistic director of the Los Angeles-based Asian Pacific Islander Theater Company, uh, East West Players. This collaboration led to the conception of a new version of Pippin, aesthetically inspired by Japanese anime, which I think is a very cool way to approach your work in a contemporary way. Sure. He's being smart. And it was musically inspired by hip hop. So he's, he's, Schwartz is flexible. He's not my favorite, but he's flexible mm-hmm. and he pivots well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yes, he wrote a biography. Someone wrote a biography on him called Defying Gravity. Shocking. <laughs> um, he turned to the world of pop in 2009 uh, and he wrote two songs, Five for Fighting, uh, on, the, on the Five for Fighting album, Slice. Who are five for? I'm so old. I don't even know who these people are. I don't know who they are either. Um, 2011, he had a new musical, Snapshots. Uh, 2012, he um, uh, worked with the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus and released Testimony. Um, and it was with lyrics taken from submissions to Dan Savage's It Gets Better project. Hmm. Have you ever read Dan Savage, Savage Love? He was I think I read it back at York at one point. I, I yeah. read it and I picked it up. Didn't really stick with me, but yes. Yeah. He is going to return to write the live action remake of Hunchback, mm-hmm. uh, as well as a sequel to Enchanted, titled Disenchanted. Mm-hmm. He is also... Um, Writing songs for Bill Condon's Marley, a musical film based on a Christmas carol of all things. Um, fun story. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. So um, in 2020, during the pandemic, mm. Schwartz participated in a fundraising video called Saturday Night Seder, mm-hmm. which featured an all-star cast of performers. Um, and religious leaders broadcasting from home. Uh, it was produced and directed by my friend, Eric Bergman. Well, there you go. What's it Schwartz doing a pivot? Coincidentally, I spoke to on FaceTime on New Year's Eve. Very okay. good. It was great. It was so nice to catch mm-hmm. up. Um, but like, just... Talk about all these worlds intertwining. It's very mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Agreed. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah, it was great. So that's Schwartz. I mean, he's prolific. He's had a career. He's he's doing things. Favorite? Not so much. Pivoter? On the dime. He is mm-hmm. on it. I appreciate it. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, the book uh, of Godspell... And the direction laid in the hands of John Tabalak, uh, who was born in Ohio, Ohio in 1966. <laughs> so I think he's a bit, he is a bit, yeah, he's a bit younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, like almost 20 years younger than our friend Schwartzy. Yes, um, Schwartz was an alumni of the, of, uh, where, of the school. Yes. So 
Schwartz did not do Godspell at Carnegie Mellon. No, he, he did not. He was brought in afterwards. Tabalak that did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he first produced it as his master's thesis. Way to go, friend. I think that's great. I so, God bless you. Um, and he did this in 1970. He had been studying Greek and Roman mythology, but became fascinated by the joy expressed in the Gospels. So, joy, okay. It's now making sense to me why it transpired the way it did. With the deadline for his thesis two weeks away, he attended an Easter vigil service in 1970 at Pittsburgh's St. Paul's Cathedral, wearing his usual overalls and T-shirt. Um, he was frisked for drugs after the service. <laughs> and he said, I left with a... F- Just bear with me. I'm going to not laugh as I read this. He wrote this of his experience. I left with a feeling that rather than rolling the rock away from the tomb, they were piling more on. I went home, took out my manuscript, and worked it to completion in a nonstop frenzy. So, this to me denotes that you need time, a gestation time to process things that happen to you. Take mm-hmm. notes, come back to them with an outside perspective, not a lot of emotion. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's just me. Um, <laughs> so, he, uh, he never completed his coursework at the university, uh, but Carnegie Mellon said, hey, you know what? We'll give you a degree anyway. Oh, that happens a lot, apparently. Apparently, uh, Autumn and I know stories of that. <laughs> well, you know, don't we all? Don't yes. we all? So, um, uh, Tabalak, our good friend, uh, John, Johnny here, uh, then directed productions of Godspell mm-hmm. uh, at La Mama Experimental mm-hmm. Theater Club. More devised, a lot of devising there. And yes. the Cherry Lane Theater. He was named Theater Man of the Year by Elliot Norton of the Boston Record American. Good for him. And the most promising director of 71 by the New York Drama Desk Association, which is great. Um, he was also named Outstanding Ohioan by the Governor John Gilligan. That's exciting. Outstanding Ohio. Oh, oh, Ohioan. That's a mouthful. Oh, oh, he won the oh, oh from the governor. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. I'm, I'm digressing. Following the success of Godspell, he contributed funding to a number of productions at La Mama, mm-hmm. including the Silver Queen Saloon, a book of etiquette, uh, and uh, Tadeusz Cantor's The Dead Class. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Tabalek directed a Broadway play, Elizabeth I, in 1972, The Glorious One in 1975, and Kaboom in 1980. Uh, he also directed Lope de Vega's Fuente Oviuna in Madrid in 1975. Yes. He co wrote the 1973 film version of Godspell with David Green. Uh, Tabalak uh, once said that he walked into a theater at the age of nine and stayed there. 
who was a lifelong member of the Episcopal Episcopalian Church. Interesting. Considered becoming a priest and may have attended seminary for a time. He was a dramaturg for the Cathedral of St. John Divine in New York City and staged liturgical drama there. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he keep Godspell there? Question mark, question mark, question mark. According to uh, the Reverend, whether it was a sermon series or a two-day conference on the environment, he turned it into theater. In 1980, uh, John Tabalak was sued in New York State Supreme Court by his former live-in companion, Richard Hannum. Mm -hmm. Um, This lawsuit was an early effort to define the rights of cohabitating homosexual couples. That was Mm. interesting. Um, Tabalak returned to his home town of Berea, Ohio, to direct the 10th anniversary production of Godspell in 1980. He subsequently directed Cabaret there in the summer of 1981. He directed a revival of Godspell uh, at La Mama in 81, and then another revival production billed as the 10th anniversary reunion production in Los Angeles in December of 81. Uh, In 83, he directed Diversions or Proof That It Is Impossible to Live, based on the work of Franz Kafka at La Mama. Um, He died of a heart attack in 85. At the age of how old was he? Thirty-five. He was no. thirty-five when he died. Right. Correct. Because yes, yeah, thirty-five. So young. Almost the age of Jesus. Interesting. Was Jesus thirty-five when he died? No, was close. Oh. I was stretching. That was a stretch. Okay, <laughs> Mac, your turn. Okay. That's it. That's all I've got. So all right. Cadillac really just he spent his life directing Godspell, different variations of it. Basically. Basically. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so break up the loaves and the fishes, because let's get through this production history together. Okay. Um, all right. So Tabalak began writing Godspell, as you said, Autumn, for his master's thesis. And his plan was to reapproach uh, the, the biblical parables and text with an innocence of a child and to play with the material as if it was a school recess. That was his kind of concept of it, I guess. Uh, the first iteration was titled was titled The Godspell and consisted solely of the text of the Gospels. The cast, clowns 1 through 10, were encouraged to experiment and play with the text and make it their own and bring life to the words. Uh, the level of freedom and playfulness along with the vision input from Tabalak truly transformed the text from dis- discordant biblical parables into a play, apparently. <laughs> I don't know if I fully agree with that statement, but we'll go with it. Uh, with music written by fellow students from pre-selected hymns and a three-person band, the gospel premiered in, in December of 1970. The show was then brought to the attention of producer uh, Edgar Lansbury, the brother of who, Autumn? Angela. Mm-hmm. So Angela Lansbury's brother. Joseph. Oh, Edgar. Yes. Edgar. Yeah, Edgar. Uh, so yes, it was Edgar Lansbury as well as Joseph uh, Bur- uh, Burra and Stuart Duncan 
we're all Carnegie Mellon alums who found this project and along with associate uh, producer Charles uh, Hade, uh, they set off to make it to into an off-Broadway show because they thought it's things got potential. Uh, the producers then hired fellow Carnegie Mellon alum Stephen Schwartz to rescore the show. Schwartz's score incorporated a variety of musical genres, including pop, folk rock, gospel, and vaudeville. By My Side was written by Carnegie Mellon students Jay Hamburg and Peggy Gordon, was the only song kept from the original The Godspell production. Uh, as is in the score, most of the lyrics are not written by Schwartz, but were from the Episcopal hymn, uh, um, hymnal. So there you go. Schwartz just mainly did the music, not the lyrics, which makes sense considering a lot of it's just repeating phrases from the Bible. <laughs> Um, uh, yes, yeah, so the show opened uh, as a musical at the Cherry uh, Lane Theater on May 17, 1971. It then transferred to the Promenade Theater three months later and closed on June 13, 1976 after 2,124 performances at the Promenade. So a healthy run there. Uh, the production was directed by Tal Black and the original cast included uh, Lamar uh, uh, Alford, Peggy Gordon, uh, David um, Haskell, uh, Joanna uh, Jonas, Robin Lamont, Sonia Menzo, uh, Gilmer McCor McCormick, uh, Jeffrey Mallet, Stephen Nathan, and Herb um, Braha. That was the original cast. Uh, following, yeah. Yeah, following the initial off-Broadway run, the show then went big internationally. The first production uh, following the off-Broadway opening uh, was done at the Playbox Theater in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, on no and that started on November 15, 1971. Godspell then opened in London at the Chalk Farm, uh, at the Roundhouse Theater in Chalk Farm uh, on November 17, 1971. And featured Julie Covington David Essex and Jeremy Irons. Wow. Mm hmm. I would love to see Jeremy Irons do this. Who, so who else was in this? I'm confused. Julie Cook. Yeah, she was in the original London cast. She was in the original Levita as well. Yep. David Essex. David Essex, who is also in the original Levita. Yes. And Jeremy Irons. Those were the three big names I pulled from it. Okay. And then the show opened in Washington, D.C. at the Ford's Theater and ran from 1972 to 1973. Then we have the Canadian Connection that, that, that happened in 72 and ran to 73 as well. And that production opened at the Royal Alexandra Theater and was intended to run for a few dozen performances for the subscription audience. The cast was drawn entirely from local performers instead of a touring cast. Right. After, an, after an enthusiastic response from the audience... The scheduled run at the Royal Alexandra ended and the show moved uh, uptown to the Bayview Playhouse in Leaside. Uh, the Bayview Playhouse production ran until August 73 with a record run of 488 performances. Yes, so oh big God. run of performances. Uh, the production, though, launched the careers of many actors and performers who we now know today, including Victor Garber, Eugene Levy, Andrea Martin, Gilda Radner, Dave Thomas, and Martin Short. All basically the entire S uh, uh, SCTV 
true. Except for Catherine O'Hara. Yes. Very well, she, she should have been in this too. I thank God she was not. Yes. Actually, I would love to see her Moira from uh, uh, Shit's Creek do Godspell. I feel like that'd be a really funny combo. I think Shit's Creek should come back and instead of doing Cabaret, do Godspell. Do Godspell. That would be hilarious. And Eugene Levy can play Jesus. Yes. Uh, also, in this production, it features some other big names, including Paul Schaefer as the musical director. Correct. And Lord of the Rings and Silence of the Lambs composer Howard Shore played the saxophone in the production. Well, 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 well. <laughs> so Godspell was a launching point for everybody. I Basically. love that. Uh, Notably, Godspell made history in South Africa. Yes, Godspell opened in, I'm going to butcher this, I apologize to all our listeners in South Africa, but it opened in Mezaru, Letho, South Africa in 1973 and ran for five months. When Des and Don Lindbergh brought the show to the University of Witwatersand, Johannesburg, uh, it was immediately banned on the grounds of blasphemy. The ban was widely recognized as a political response to the uh, depiction of racial mixing, which presented a direct challenge to the apartheid in South Africa. The Lindberghs challenged the ban in the Supreme Court and won their case. As a result, Gospel toured South Africa for two years and opened doors to all races in, on both sides of the footlights. Uh, the production was also both a theatrical triumph and a political and legal breakthrough in South Africa. So there you go. That's some cool history of Godspell. Uh, the first Broadway production finally happened on June 22nd, 1976 at the Broadhurst Theater. It was directed by Tab Black again. Uh, and the opening cast included Lamar Al- uh, Alford, Lori uh, Faso, Lois uh, Forker, uh, 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 Robin Lamont, Elizabeth uh, Lathram, Bobby Lee, Tom uh, Rolfling, Don Scardino, Marley Sims, and Valerie Williams. The band included Paul Schaefer on keyboard as well as being the conductor. Cool. The show was nominated for one Tony Award for Schwartz for Best Original Score, but he lost to what autumn that year? 76. What would he have lost to? Oh, I don't know. It's one of your faves. Annie. Correct. Yes, he lost to Carl Strauss and Martin Charning for Annie. Duh. Seriously. Is that even a conversation? No. The show then transferred to the Plymouth Theater and then to the Ambassador Theater, where it closed on September the 4th, 1977, running five previews and 527 performances. Uh, as you mentioned, the show was then revived at La Mama Experimental Theater Club in Manhattan in 81, then off-Broadway in 88, and then in 2000, uh, featuring Shoshana Bean uh, in the cast. So there you go. Uh, in 2011, Gospel had its Broadway revival, directed by Daniel Goldstein, and it featured a number of people, including Hunter Parrish, Wallace Smith, Anne-Marie Perez de Tengel, uh, Silas Henderson, Telly Lung, George Saltzer, Morgan James. Oh, I'm going to butcher this one. I apologize. Uzo 
Uso Abuda. Yes. Who is a, an amazing uh, artist and was in Orange is the New Black. And then Nick uh, Bellamere was also in it and Lindsay Mendez. Uh, then in April of 2012, Corbin Blue took over the role of Jesus and the production closed on June 24th, 2012. So very short-lived after Corbin Blue took over. Uh, in 2020, Gossel became the first live show to be approved by the Actors' Equity Association during COVID-19 pandemic for performances. Uh, the production was uh, first performed in a tent at the Beckshire Theater Group's park in, in the Beckshire Theater Group's parking lot inside a tent. I think there's a statement in that they they're doing this show. Yes. Their first bid out of the pandemic. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, instead of the standard opening, which features the song Tower of Babel, the actors of the show shared how their lives were uniquely impacted by the pandemic. No, no, that is not a thing. <laughs> yes, it that is. Does not happen. Yes. Do you know why I hate this musical? I will tell you why I hate this musical. I hate this musical because it feels like a wank fest. It feels like a massive masturbatory work. And that just made it one million times worse. Worse. How can you get more terrible than the masturbation that is on display in this musical? Clown singing. Like... I, I understand that you want to make God accessible, but why are we dumbing it down into class? I had so many issues, so many issues. Out of frustration is palpable. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, the show had a good run. It ran from August the 6th to September 20th. So it had a decent small run in the 10th. Ooh, a month. I love that. Hey, during a pandemic, that's a big deal. Godspell was smarter than the rest, and they got to um, spew their masturbation to everybody about their feelings. <laughs> it reminds me of a bad piece of therapy. This play is like a, 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 this musical is a bad piece of therapy, which is why I, what I don't like about sometimes uh, devised work uh, becomes very much about self uh, discovery and what my voice and what I have to say, boring. No, that is, that is, no, no. It's not about you. That's what, that's it. So I've got, it makes me angry. I could go on for a yes. very long time. Yes. I could probably go on this rant longer than the combined prepare ye the way of the Lords. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, also in 2020, there was a digital 50th anniversary uh, concert that was produced digitally that featured performers performing remotely and then having the audio and video all spliced together in one beautiful concert. The concert featured the incredible Ruthie Henshaw and David, uh, uh, sorry, and Darren Day reprising their roles from the 1993 cast recording. So, there you, you go, go, Ruthie. Yeah, you, Ruthie performs her number in a bathtub. You like, deserve Literally in a bathtub. So much better. Thank mm -hmm. God. Yeah. We just sung her praises on our Cup of Hemlock episode where we broke down the three different Les Mis concerts. And my friend Jill and I both agreed 
she is by far the best Fontaine out of the three available Fontaines of, of those concerts. Who are the other ones? Uh, Leia Salonga did it at the 25th. No. And then Carrie Hope Fletcher did it at, in the stage concert. I don't know her. Yeah, Ruthie uh, Henshaw's by far the best. Oh, yeah. Uh, so in 1973, a film version of Godspell was made, directed by David Green, and it stars Victor Garber as Jesus and David Haskell as Judas slash John the Baptist. And it was filmed in contemporary New York City. Yeah, yeah this film. Uh, Tabulak was credited as co-writer of the screenplay and served as a creative consultant. Although director David Green said Tabulak did not write the screenplay. Whatever. So, yeah, the song Whatever. Beautiful City was written for and first included in the film. While songs uh, Learn Your Lessons Well and We Beseech and We Beseech Thee were omitted from the film. The film was entered in the 1973 Cannes Film Festival and Godspell received generally positive reviews uh, for the film. So not sure how that's possible. As of right now in Rotten Tomatoes, Godspell has a 64% approval rate. How that is possible, I do not know. I'm sure Cats has a very high one too. So, uh, actually, let's see what Cats's Rotten Tomatoes scores. Because if Cats is lower than Godspell, I'm gonna be really pissed. Because I'd watch the Cats movie again over Godspell. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. No, I have no desire to watch that. Twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes is Cats. So there you go. So. Apparently, Godspell is better than Cats. Don't know how that is, because that movie is god-awful. At least Cats has some cohesion of a story and characters I identify with. Godspell has none of that. Godspell is just a hot, masturbatory mess. Yeah, and having to sit through that on Look, film. It's not even that. We're, we're sitting here with a 2021 uh, you know, perspective of life, love, and the pursuit of happiness and all things great. But um, back in the 70s, I'm sure it was great. It just doesn't age. It's, it's, it doesn't age well. Mm. Hair ages better because it actually has a linear storyline. It has a story. Yes. Jesus yes. Christ Superstar has a story. It has yes. characters. Mm -hmm. Gospel has none of those. Well, Godspell is just, it, it's, it's done through this lens of clowns. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like what I face with Oh, What a Lovely War. Oh, What a Lovely War originally was done with Pierrot's. So yes. you, if you're going to do it, you have to make sense of who those players are. To me, it's very cultish. Mm -hmm. Like oh, making so an examination of, of, of cult uh, like there's a, there has to be a darker undertone to it. It cannot be just joy mm -hmm. because organized religion, as we know it today, is not about joy. It's about sheep following, mm -hmm. following, uh, people who spew hatred, bias, who, uh, garner safety through labeling people as other. Mm -hmm. It, uh, it is, it, he wrote, uh, through the lens of his, Episcopalian upbringing and, uh, you know, organized religion is dangerous. And I think if you were going to remount Godspell, 
you need to explore that. Mm. Explore the dark underbelly of what that is and who. I have no idea why these people followed this John the Baptist guy. Like in the movie, they he just evaporates in a weird psychedelic like acid trip form. And then they dance in a fountain, but they leave their jobs. They, you know, have a very cultish Jim Jones. It does. It is so Jim Jones. It's like John the Baptist should give them some Kool-Aid. They should drink it. And that's why they like, there has to be a reason why they follow, not just he appears goes, and you know, (laughs) they prepare the, the way of the Lord. (laughs) There's no rationale to it. There's no, there's, yeah. No motivation, no character motivation. No, and that's the problem with a lot of early devised work. Yeah. A lot of early artistic work, period, Mm -hmm. is it doesn't have that gestation time. Mm -hmm. And people throw it up on their feet and they go, this is new, this is interesting, this is blah, blah. But there's no, there's, the, the dots are not connected. And Godspell does not have the dots connected. No, I hate that. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Who? Whose story is this? Why are we telling this story? Why is it important right now? Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. missing. And uh, yeah, that it's all missing. Yeah. Well, I will say, uh, this production or this show has faced some controversy in its time. No. Okay. One element that faced criticism was the hippie clothing that the cast wears. In his Notes on the Script in 1999, Schwartz wrote, there are often misconceptions about the concept of the clown analogy in Godspell. For instance, sometimes cast members are thought to be hippies or flower children. The concept was derived by Tabalak from, from a book by Harvey Cox, a professor at Harvard Divinity School entitled Feast of Fools. So there you go. Another controversy is over Godspell's lack of a resurrection scene. Uh, the criticism, um, notable, sorry, notably mirrors the similar criticism leveled at the 1970 rock opera Jesus Christ Superstar, which also did not depict the resurrection scene. Rather than being resurrected, Jesus dies in the finale, and the cast typically is, is typically directed to lift his body off stage over their heads. Um, Schwartz made note of this resurrection in the scene in Jesus Christ Superstar. Are people stupid? The ending of that musical is the empty cross. He is off the cross. He is gone. <laughs> that is the button of that show. The cross is supposed to fall back, and he's supposed to stand there as if he's weightless in the middle of the sky. What are people's? What do you need? Do you need us to write it out for you? Are people? People are stupid. What, just go with it. Go, go with it. We, do you want another whole, like, fucking act where we give you the whole resurrection and the weeping? Helpful Thomas would have a whole big musical number in there. Oh, come on. They carry him through the streets of New York, singing Prepare Thee the Way of the Lord. Come on. Yeah. While Schwartz wrote, on. over the years, there's been some comment from some of the lack of an apparent resurrection scene in the show. Some choose to view the curtain call in which Jesus appears as a symbolic uh, view uh, or, or, or symbolic moment of the resurrection. Others point to the moment when the cast raises Jesus above their heads 
While either view is valid, both miss the point. Gospel is about the formation of a community which carries on Jesus' teaching after he is gone. In other words, it is the effect Jesus has on the others which is the story of the show, not whether or not he himself is resurrected. Therefore, it's about cult behavior. It's about mm-hmm. cult behavior. It's about sheep following. Mm-hmm. Sheep, bah. Yes. They follow. It's yes. about that. It's not about his life and times of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Therefore, it is very important at the end of the show that it be clear that the others have come through the violence and pain of the crucifixion sequence and leave with a joyful determination to carry on the ideas and feelings they have learned during the course of the show. Is that important? I, I just have so many questions right now, Matt. People thought it was controversial that there wasn't this thing. And uh, again, we're dealing with the majority of people who need everything spoon-fed to them. Friends, you go to the theater to be curious. You go to have your mind and heart expanded. We are not here to spoon feed you every inch of something. You have to, oh, I know, become a child again and use your imagination. You know the end of the story. You know it. If you want to write it, you go write it. Yes. Get over it. I wish Schwartz on this one and Tabalak. I'm with them. So, though Gospel was a successful production, much like Jesus for a Superstar, that began to break down the barriers between rock and roll and Christianity, it was regarded with suspicion by the mainstream evangelical culture because it did not emphasize the religious doctrines of the resurrection and atonement. The social statement made uh, by Gospel when it first premiered was a serious one at the time when Christianity in the United States was being pulled in different directions. Interest in mainstream Christianity was dwindling especially among the uh, the youth who wanted to leave the church, but not Christianity. Godspell captured this youthful sentiment that reimagined Jesus as a hippie in in a more primitive expression of their faith relating to Jesus, not as an object to venture, but as a companion, which uh, contemporary reviewer Clive Barnes described as a perfectly contemporary and perfectly vulgar concept of peace and goodwill to all men. Barnes called the whole premise rather nauseating, a view that was in line with the response by main lean con- congregations. Okay. I have, I have some thoughts on that statement. Far away. I partially agree with Clive Barnes. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like, I'd rather watch JCS. I'd rather watch an, but the opposite side of that, I do understand why he wanted to bring joy. I mean, my mother and I have constant conversations about how we get young people engaged in in ministry and in religion again. Mm-hmm. And I look at, uh, I find it very interesting that the followers of a cult um, uh, love to judge the way other people see the cult. Do you know what I mean? And yes, friends, I am calling organized religion a cult. I know. I know. I'm going to be bashed. Maybe I'm going to get some hate mail. Go for it. But um, we choose what we want to believe. We all have choices. And, you know, organized religion is 
dangerous. It is dangerous because, uh, you know, the majority of it is based on books that were verbatim passed down <clears throat> through centuries and centuries and centuries, um, written only by men, male perspectives, probably maybe privileged men. We don't know. Um, let's just, let's put things in perspective. Like, do I want to believe in something larger than us? Yes, I do. Because Jesus, if this is all there is, sometimes that gets a little nauseatingly depressing, <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, you know, uh, so uh, you, we all want to believe. I think Tabalak was trying to bring joy and try to understand religion in a new way and make it palatable for young people and share stories. So in that regard, I, I do not want to take him down. I do want to take him down for the fact that I do not believe that this is theater. I think this is, I think this is glorified, um, therapy. No, it's not even therapy. I'm going to call it religious banter. Like it is, it should be done in a church. It should be done to share like the, the Christmas story concerts or, or yes. Sunday school, you know? Easter pageants. Yeah. Easter pageants, the, the Christmas pageant, like it's, it's pageantry and they should do it with Sunday schools and they should learn about this. And it is a fun way to learn about it. And, you know, maybe he, like they can take it and make it hip hoppy and look Ooh. at it anime or do do something with it where it becomes interesting again. Um, because I do think he finds the joy in the story. I think that is great. I, that in itself is valuable because there's so much hate. But mm. it's funny, like we, even in the stories that are told in the parables, we always judge the person that has money or, you know, there's always some kind of moral lesson. Well, who judges morality? Who who are we to judge each other? True. Right? It's a it's an interesting it's yeah. It raises a lot of questions. Um do I like it as a piece of musical theater? No, I don't. Do I think that he was doing something new and interesting in that time with religion? Yes, I do. I don't think it should be on a Broadway stage. Agreed. Okay, Autumn. Give me the rundown. How'd you first come to this piece of masturbatory device theater? Well, I'm, let's, I think I want to change the narrative because that is in itself is judgy. I think it's a, a, a misguided, a misplaced piece of theater. I don't think it's theater. I think it is religious spectacle mm. or pageantry. Okay. Which is where theater began. So, right? Yes. Um, it has a, it, it does have a bit of Joan Littlewood in it. So I can't be too down on it. You know, it's something that should be done. <laughs> I don't in know, Autumn, your text messages last night say different. Uh, well, I'm, well, I'm talking about it. I learn and I, I d diffuse as I talk. Okay. Um, I don't want to see it as a piece of theater though, but I did come to it at the Oshawa Little Theater when we did selections of Godspell. Very cool. Like, oh, cool. I get to dress as a hippie. That was the context. That was it. That was the 
the director's context, we're hippies. Sing these songs. Let's do a little hippie dance. Um, so that that's it. That's how I came to it. And I've I've watched the movie. Uh, I also saw a version of this at Stage Door, which was quite good. I was about to say, I was about to say, did you direct this at Stage Door? No, not me. I they wouldn't let me direct musicals um for some reason. That's uh, strange. I you know, life is strange. Um I I direct I was their numero uno drama director, you see. So um you can't you can't have your numero uno drama director directing musicals. That's absurd. <laughs> so anyway, I uh Tom Buckley actually musically directed this and it was uh very well done. It's very well okay. done. Cool. Um I enjoy watching youth approach this. But well, they have that energy that's needed for this musical. Yeah. But again, it still doesn't have the why. Why are we doing this? Yes. If you said it in a church, there's the why. Because you're I like sh- you're, you're sitting with Jim Jones in, the, in, a, in a cult. I think that gives some really interesting why that you can play with in there. Yeah. I just, I think that, I don't think it's meant, I mean, you know, organized religion is cultish. So that's mm-hmm. one part of the spectrum. But I think Tablock did not write it with that gaze. I think he wanted to share the gospel right. in a joyous way. Mm-hmm. So I I do think that it should be done in churches. I think it's fun. I think, you know, having the congregation get in, in, involved in it would be mm-hmm. great. But I don't I don't think it's um, I don't think it's crafted as a piece of theater. Mm. Because there's no why. Who are we telling the story for and why are we telling the story? Mm-hmm. Those are absent. And for me, if you're going to create a good piece of theater, those things need to be present. Mm. Why Why am I telling this story? Why now? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Good question. Yeah. It doesn't, that that does not mm-hmm. engage in this, this musical. Yeah. But that's yeah. how I came to it. Oshawa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was... 12 or something cool well i came to this mainly through the song all for the best because our theme music composer mr brody well shout out to you performed this with our friend alex during our year-end choir gala brody played jesus and they had they did a very they did a very vaudevillian with canes and top hats and it was great it was great it was the highlight of the night uh i also I seemed in the back of my head recall that I did hear Prepare Ye the Way of the Lord at sung at one of the Qantas music festival competitions. I I have a feeling that I did hear that. Once again, I didn't connect with it. It was one of those, okay, it's a thing. Uh, while I was at York, I went up, I, 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 I went out to the digital and sound library there and rented out the CD so I could listen to the CD. Because I, because I was like, oh, Godspell, Schwartz, Wicked, Pippin. I haven't done this one. Let's uh, uh, let's listen to him. I, I, um, that's what I spent my time at York doing. That's how I listened to Mame with Angel Lansbury and a whole bunch of other things. Was so I just went into the York Library and went, what musicals have I not listened to? They have a CD. I will rent oh, it. Atlanta, your life. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I yeah. York. What did I go there? Yes, I did. Got my masters. 
I was in rehearsals basically 12 hours a day every day. Yes. Kind of. Yes. Yeah. And was doing visual sources portfolios. Oh, God. It wasn't rehearsing. Oh, dish. Yeah. 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 So yeah, did that. And then during the pandemic early on, I was like on a Saturday, I was, at, I was in my condo and I was like, what haven't I watched yet? That's been kind of like on the bucket list of things I got to watch as a musical person. And I knew we were going to be talking about Godspell. I was like, I know Godspell is coming up, so I should do this. So I watched the film on a Saturday afternoon. Oh, so hated it. I hated it. Bad. The burning passion. I sat through that entire movie being like, why God? What did I do during a pandemic to deserve having to sit? Why have you forsaken me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then I rewatched the film for this no. episode. So Sorry. I could, because, yeah, yeah. And then I also watched the 50th anniversary digital concert thing from Broadway HD, yeah, well, which was marginally better. Um, no. But yeah, that's kind of it. It's not a long production history for me. That's kind of my overall experience with that's this okay. piece. Okay. So, Autumn, what is your number one song from this musical? I don't really have one. Do I you mean, have a top three? I have, I'm very apathetic. <laughs> They're not songs I would sing all the time, but let's let's look at the notables, shall we? Okay. I, I like about a minute, <laughs> one minute <laughs> of Prepare Ye, The Way of the Lord. That's on my list. One minute. <laughs> Not 20. Uh, top and tails. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Um, uh, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not, it's all apathy. Um, I do like Turn Back, Oh Man. Turn back, oh man, forswear thy foolish way. Not on my list. Uh, and I, I like uh, God save the people, save the people. When wilt thou save the people, O God of mercy? When not kings and lords, but nations, not thrones and crowns, but men, flowers of thy heart, O God, are they? Let them not pass like we away their heritage a sunless day god save the people uh that is on my list as well um day by day day by day oh dear lord three things i pray more clearly 
I don't have, like I don't have any talking notes on them. Like I don't Okay, go, I got talking notes. What's that? I have talking notes. Of course you do. Um I'm I'm very apathetic. I think it's I I I find it very generic and mm-hmm. hippie. I find it very nineteenth. Uh, I find it very hair. Yes. Like you could play these in rep with each other and people would be like uh, and give people Would a you drop say this is more them. general than Titanic? Um it's different. It's different general because it's like Titanic is epic general. Titanic mm-hmm. is so big that it's general. This is pastiche general. This is like you threw it together and there's no why or where or like who or mm-hmm. it's clown one, clown two, clown five. In the same way, and I understand that people morph into different things. That's very devising, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Get that in Laramie Project. We get that. In, oh, what a lovely! Like we get. We I understand that morphing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would have been. I think it'd be interesting to have them as disciples to give them a rationale for why they are there, mm-hmm. and then to have them take on different things because no one was very specific in who they were mm-hmm. in the work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they didn't do the work to make each person super specific either. Yes. That's yes. why it becomes more pageantry than it does some, something else. Yes. Whereas in Laramie Project, people become very specific mm-hmm. people with very specific intentions, right? Like there's mm-hmm. no overall intentions for these disciples. Yeah. Clowns. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that makes it general in my mind. Agreed. Different than epic general. Like, there are roles in Titanic, but mm-hmm. it's so big we don't get to really fully invest in the narratives of those people. Mm-hmm. That's why it would be a great opera, mm-hmm. because opera is about the epic, the the aesthetic of epicness, and the the music being the thing that carries it, right? Like mm-hmm. the waves carry it. Um, that's why I would deem Titanic an opera rather than a piece of musical theater fair fair well i mean i have to i mean i went through the score i found my top three songs okay. i was like okay i got something from them so Hit first me. off obviously it's all for the best that is the one song that has stuck with me over the years personally it's yeah a personal investment is it is a personal investment but like listening to the <clears throat> lyrics again it does have some smart bat like ideological battles going on there between jesus and judas if you actually listen to what they're saying about the afterlife where it's like hey like like jesus <clears throat> on the one hand is all about the very kind of christian there isn't there is a life after life like it's okay it's going to be all for the best like it's all going to work out in the end if you're a good person judas on the other hand is very much more the old testament style where it's like you live for now 
because there ain't something afterwards. So it's and that ideological battle is done in a really fun vaudevillian patter song that you can't help but like get into. Like I've been tapping out that beat the da 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 or under a curse do 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 like it's very catchy. Like I've been toe tapping that for the last week. Um, so yes, that was my first pick. I was like, I'm this- shocked. And surprised that that was your first pick. Sarcasm, <laughs> sarcasm, sarcasm, sarcasm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, again, I think it's fine. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think it's heaven on their minds. For example. Oh heck no! It's definitely not heaven on their like, minds. Like if you look at these two musicals, they came out the same year, essentially. Yep. Same time. Yeah. Seventy one. Seventy seventy one. Yeah. And uh, Lloyd Webber and Rice were just smarter. Agreed. Right? Agreed. Yeah. Because it gets ugly. It does get ugly. Because you get to follow the specific trajectory of each character. Yes. Yes. Interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's very interesting. That's why it moves away from pageantry into a piece of theater. Agreed. Uh, my next one was Prepare Ye the Way of the Lord. Of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Because I went, it does capture what Tabuac was going for, which is that religious hymn like quality yeah. where it, they have a religious hymn goes on for way too many freaking verses. Like well, and then like, it comes back and goes on for way too long. Yes. So it totally captures what that is. And it's lilting. And the melody line is does have a haunting quality to it. And there is that siren call. To yeah. that song where it's like, I can see why you put that as your number one, as your first song of the show, because it does draw you in to this cult. Yeah, it has, um, it has, it has elements of <coughs> yes, da, yes, da, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Da, da. They could almost marry those two, and it'd be really you cool. Could. Yes, and I mean, it's it's an interesting song because when you first because it starts the show, so. You hear the song, you drink the Kool-Aid, and you're like, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm in for a cool another JCS type show. Then you get hoodwinked and you get to sit through this pageantry of DT monstrosity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end you go, wow, I got suckered. <laughs> um so yeah, this song is very deceptively good and in a weird way. It deceptively tricks you. Yeah, it has, it's, 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 you're right. It's like a siren call. It's like a, it's good. I like it. I like it. And then it picks up. It picks up. Yes. It journeys and then keeps journeying and then journey. And it's like, it's like, it's like, 
exactly. It's like a real religious hymn song from a church where you, you, Autumn, you and I have both been to church where you have the hymn songs that go on. Oh, look at we're on verse 10. Oh, yes. now 15. And then you flip the page of the hymnal and you're like, there's 10 more verses? Are you kidding? What the? No wonder this church is three hours. Are you sure this isn't hell? Like, honestly. (laughs) I'm just picturing you, Autumn, in church, standing next to Sarah there, hymn books, and you just sitting there gritting your teeth. (laughs) Oh, no, it's my chance for me to break up my soprano voice. (laughs) Play with harmonies. Are you kidding? I'm like, oh, good, another verse. <laughs> I'll nail it this time. Everyone around me. Is like, oh, shut this person up. <laughs> I'm just picturing you. Now everybody else is just giving you the size. You're like just fucking with the harmonies just for the sake of screwing with people. Because you're like 10 verses in. <laughs> oh, God, I'm crying. So yes, Siren Calbury prepared the way of the world. Always like thank 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 the Lord <laughs> um that this song picks up. Yes. Those hymnals. It's like <laughs> well the cross. You got the organist going. Echo, echo, echo. Next. And it's the same over and over. At least this picks up and gets a little jivey. Yes. You know, um, there's still no harmony, though. So they need me. You need Autumn. Mr. Schwartz. You need all them <laughs> harmonies. Come on. Agreed. Agreed. <clears throat> mm. Okay. Last mm. pick for me was Save the People. God save the people. But I may that children as thy angels fear. Oh, save the people from despair. God save And I like it because it is character specific. It is very curly in the voice of Jesus. Yeah. It has character drive to this song. It it fits like a Jesus sermon show. And right away watching it, I went, I know exactly who this character is, even though I had no idea who Victor Garber was playing originally. I was like, why is Victor Garber an afro? Again, great hair on him. He has fantastic hair. Amazing hair. Love Victor Garber's hair. Like, as soon as I saw him across the fountain, I'm like, oh, there's Yezu. There's Victor Garber's Yezu. Oh, hell, Yezu. Yeah. And everyone was in the water being baptized, and I'll be baptized by you. Yes, Save the People is great. Uh, there's a purpose to it. Mm-hmm. Jesus Jesus is the only one that really has an arc line. Yes. In this. 
But again, if I were playing Jesus, I'd be so frustrated. I'm like, why are you people following me? <laughs> I want people devoted to the word who I know. Yeah. I don't want people just following me for the sake of following me to say I have. It's like, okay, I have a good analogy now. Okay. This musical is like TikTok. Mm, like yes. starting a TikTok account just to see how many followers you can get. And it's also random. I was on TikTok briefly. I was on TikTok. Okay. And uh, people follow this. I I put up all the snowflake and my shelf on yeah. an the shelf stuff. I had like 80 views. I put up a picture of a little video of my Christmas tree and me watching TV. Like 400. I'm like, I don't understand the algorithms or why it's it's just it's it's so random everything is so random uh on it and narcissistic yes so it's kind of like jesus has uh, got a great tiktok account and everyone's following him. <laughs> that's, that's interesting yeah yeah, but yeah, it's it's a it's a good soliloquy character song, and that's why I liked it. I was very clear what it was. But it, it's amazing the it. narratives that people buy into. Oh, it doesn't surprise me. We uh, like that. We as humans like that concept. So someone should do Godspell on TikTok. Well, that's kind of like what this 50th anniversary concert was. It no, was no, all- that was on Zoom. That was like a Zoom concert. I'm talking TikTok. I'm talking. Stage your own version of these parables and let's see what you've got. Autumn, I challenge you to reopen your TikTok just to do that. No, so many views you get. don't have time. And I, I, it's interesting. And it would be so great if this whole thing were like a performative look at God and have that context to it, that concept of really the outside gaze looking at why people follow and what they follow and what is attractive mm-hmm. to the masses mm-hmm. behavior. <laughs> um, because we are, we, it, it's amazing how people thrive in watching and being performative. Mm-hmm. And I hate it. I, I hate it. It's like sometimes when the kids are and like the different masks we wear, yeah. My mother and I had this conversation this morning about Dolly Parton and mm. how my mom's like, I think Dolly Parton was a feminist. I'm like, I know she was a feminist. I said, I know she was a feminist because she's a powerful woman who gets shit done. But a lot of people wouldn't say that because they're judging her based on how she appears. Um, and my mom's like, "Is it must have been really hard to always be a performance of herself. Mm-hmm. And feel like her just her natural way of being was not enough i said isn't that every woman's blight mm. right we're always trying to subscribe to what other people want us to be piss on it piss mm. on it no no and it it's 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 systemic it's it's institutional it's It's societal. It's always there. This idea that you have to perform to be something for other people. 
And people, I think, who are their true, genuine self do not succeed mm-hmm. unless they have money. Yeah. <clears throat> right? That's a good point. Yeah. So I, I think there's something in it that, you know, they, they follow this man who dresses them up as a clown and they're willing to go there. It's the same as people watching stupid America's Got Talent or America's Funniest Videos. Like we all want to, you know, we all just want to follow the fool. Agreed. Follow, fool, and stray. Follow, follow. Guys and dolls. Guys and dolls. Salvation Army. Yeah. Follow the fool. Oh, follow that's true. The fool. <laughs> it's, yes. it's, to be your true self is the bravest thing you can do. Agreed. Everything else is in a veil of safety, which is false. Yeah, you're right. No, you're definitely right there. It's interesting how you have this whole song of save the people. And yet, what are we being saved from when really we're just a bunch of sheep? Well, he's saying save the people, but they're following him. So how can they be? Exactly. Being their true self. Mm-hmm. It's a questioning song. It really is like, a soliloquy questioning song. Yeah. Is, Jesus is, is asking these the questions. One, is Christ the only one genuine enough to be saved? Mm. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. But yeah, those are my top three songs. Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> my <laughs> the big three basically. Uh, and then the other, and then I didn't have a top three songs I often skipped or would remove because for me I just go. I, like Autumn, you're right. Like if this musical overall is generic and basic. You don't connect to the characters because you don't know who these people are. So it's not like you have any investment in this story. So because See, of that, I'm kind of like, it, 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 there's a few catchy tunes, but overall it's like not connecting and doesn't impact me in any real way. Look at um, Tabalak is no longer with us. It was his thesis project, but Knowing what Schwartz is capable of and knowing that he can pivot, I want Mr. Schwartz, please look at recontextualizing this because I I do think there is something that can be done with this musical. In In a new devised lens, looking, using digital media, how we follow, who we follow, what we subscribe to, I think, like, I think there's something in that. I, there is the message. And it might remove some of the joy that Tabalak originally wanted in it. But we're realistic. Like, that fits our day and age. The 70s yeah. were all about positive and joy. We're not in the 70s anymore. We are we weren't. the they more were, 70s weren't. challenging realistic Again, world. The joy was performative. Mm-hmm. There wasn't joy. It wasn't a joyous time. We were coming out of the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. We were in Nixon the, and Watergate. Nixon, like we were in the same, we keep cycling. There's a reason why we have pop tunes. They're the same, the same fodder as Godspell right now, right? Yes. But yeah. it just has a different lens. Mm-hmm. So we just need to look at the lens and maybe... In the 70s, this was a great musical because it spoke to the people in the way they wanted to be spoken to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So then, Autumn, answer me this question. Does this musical still have a place today? Should it be revived? Not the way it's been done before. Because I think in that it is dated. Mm -hmm. I think the 1970s aesthetic, even if we do it now that way, it is retro. And retro is with a different lens. Retro can never be the original version of something. Mm -hmm. It is, it can't be. It's not. It's not the HD version. So how can we, how can we take the gospel of Matthew Mm -hmm. and revitalize it so it attracts Let's go back to Tabalak's uh, intent for the piece was to attract younger people back into the church. Yes. So how today do we attract the masses? Mm, That is a question. Through digital technology, through TikTok, through Instagram and Snapchat and YouTube. Yeah. So Mr. Schwartz, Go back, like you're doing with Pippin, and look at this again. Mm -hmm. And who knows? You might be able to reinvigorate. Look at the reason why people, there are some churches that are really popular is because of the music element. And I think Mm -hmm. Tabalak knew that. Mm -hmm. But I think looking, looking at the way it has been done, like the movie version, that doesn't work today. But I do think there is merit and revisiting this mm. for a new and looking at the reason, the mentality of why we follow mm-hmm. and getting as many followers as possible. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, for me, I, I, I have in my notes here, thematically, the message that Tablack was going for, fantastic. Yeah. Great, great bit of work. However, you gotta do a lot of backflipping dramaturgy to get this to work. And because Tablack is no longer with us, I don't know if Schwartz would be able to do it. Because I think he needs to find someone. Yeah, but this is Tablack's piece. So, 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 to, bring, so to bring in another book writer, I, I, I think I think that's kind of I, th- I think that's a dangerous road to say after you die, anybody can come in and rewrite your work. Like, no, I don't I don't think it needs to be rewritten. That is not what I think. I think it needs to be recontextualized. That's mm. different than rewriting. True. Right? Like, oh, what a lovely war. Mm. Oh, what a lovely war as a period piece with Pierrot's doesn't work. Stagnant. Mm-hmm. But if you look at avatars and violence and how we perpetuate systemic violence today it's through Mm -hmm. video it's through video games yeah okay so i I see what you're going for yeah right Mm -hmm. it's it's and you know what it might need to be tweaked a little bit but i think he would have if i were to die and i had written this amazing piece and 30 years on from now someone went that's it's not it's not great Mm-hmm. It need it needs a reinvigoration. I would want the piece to live mm-hmm. with an examination of what I intended, which yeah. was to reach people and Im- get them to embrace um, the gospel of Matthew, mm-hmm. yeah, and young people specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
How do you fair. do that? Yeah. Nope. Very fair. Very fair. Christianity, we need to look at Christianity because Christians, 99.9% of the time, get it wrong. Yeah. My mother and I have this argument all the time. She's like, Christianity is not at fault. I'm like, no, but 99.9% of Christians are. <laughs> because that's with any organized religion. Yes. Because we are very, very prone to throwing the first stone. Of course. It's yeah. Survival of the fittest. Exactly. Right. And that's and that and that's what organized religion is. It's all about who's got more followers, who's bringing in the masses. It's survival of the fittest. Yes. If you follow me, you will make your way to God, but you have to subscribe to everything I say. Mm-hmm. I might be an asshole, but I'll get you to heaven. Yes. So said Donald. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. I mean, overall, would I want to pay money to go see this show? No. No. Not I right would now. rather go see JC Superstar uh, in a heartbeat. And yeah. overall, until uh, until this gets recontextualized, as Autumn has suggested, uh, this show is up for contention with Rent as my least favorite musical. Yeah, well, at least Rent has, has some character characters in the story. Sometimes detestable. Yes. Um, it has a story, but again, like I, I watched the movie, I'm like, is this where Jonathan Larson got the begin like rent from? Because you have all these people just abandoning their jobs and following John the Baptist. He's not even Jesus. He's John the Baptist. Yeah. Whatever. So why? Being poor is not fun. Again, life sucks when you have no money, when you constantly have to work for the money. And I'm not talking about people that have a secure job. And, you know, I don't even include myself in that. I include people that have no money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and are, you know, are racialized or, um, and therefore cannot earn the money. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's where race politics comes in or gender politics. Yeah. Being common and poor is not great. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But why would you, why would you jump ship from your waitressing job or your taxi job? Mm-hmm. Where are you going to play in a um, a junkyard and get your face painted? Yeah. So confused by that. <laughs> but again, we're looking at it through a lens of 2021, a 2020 yes. responsibility. And we've learned a lot. We've come a long way since 1970. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And maybe we needed that rebellion and that selfishness to get us to the point of here. But I don't know. I don't know. I have so many existentialist questions, concerns, quandaries, quagmires, yes. juggernauts. Yeah. Either way, though, Autumn, I think this is the note to end on because this musical yeah. will not be solved in a day. Uh, thank you all will. for listening. We, uh, we, uh, we appreciate you sitting us through through our tirade and exp- and and will an exploration of this piece, this religious pageantry, as Autumn has redubbed it. Um, <laughs> thank you to our theme music composer, Mr. Brody Weld. 
<laughs> fantastic theme music and for also introducing me to this music. Uh, even though I don't know if, if he even knew the music. I, I, I think our choir master, Mr. Winfield, picked it out. Um, I don't even think if you would thank him at this point. <laughs> the one song. What's up? Rody, um, you're getting a phone call where your friendship has ended. I'm just letting you know now. <laughs> Either way, uh, listen to Brody's newest <laughs> album that came out over the Christmas holidays. You also can listen to all his music on Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, all those great platforms. Listen to my favorite track of his, which is Home Decor, a rap all about household furniture. That never gets old. Uh and you can uh, follow us at all social media platforms at Before the Downbeat. You can look us up on YouTube. Uh, you can follow our Patreon, where Autumn and I do um, uh, theater news uh, commentary once a month. We do top 10 lists of different topics. Maybe, we, maybe we'll do our top 10 religious musicals uh, as a list at some point. I don't know if there's even 10 to make it into a list. We'll have to see. Um, Either way, check out our Patreon before the downbeat. And Autumn, where can people follow you in the way of the Lord? The best place to follow me is on my theater company account, Little Wood Smith. Mm. Facebook, Instagram, those places. Uh, follow me. Follow me. Prepare thee the way. Follow me. Follow me. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, and then you can follow me at all social media platforms at Mackenzie Horner. Uh, look for the ginger haired gentleman. Uh, you also can follow me and my antics at Cup of Hemlock. As of this recording, uh, both parts to our Les Miserables stage concert, anniversary concert review is now out on the channel. So if you do want to get a preview of some of my thoughts on Les Mis before Autumn and I get to season eight, to talk about it ourselves with a potentially really cool guest, uh, then uh, check it out. Either way, everybody, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week where we will reveal our next musical to you. Thank you, everybody. Have a great rest of your week. Stay healthy, stay, stay safe, and remember to, to prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. <laughs> Autumn, take us out with some of those harmonies. Prepare the way of the Lord. That was too unkey. Never mind. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs>